Welcome to Just Friends, the podcast, where two former friendophobes watch Friends for the first time, find out if they become friendophiles, with this week's episode, number 15, The One with the Stone Guy. I'm Chris. I'm Becca. And this is the podcast intro, my first one. <laughs> Please be kind. I love the end. This is the podcast intro. <laughs> That's for editing purposes later. <laughs> this I asked Chris if he wanted to try the intro this time, and he was like, no, I don't want to. I'm just going to do it straight, but I have to say, Chris, pretty good. I would say a lot better than most of mine. Most of mine are rambling nonsense. Well, you've had to do so many. Yeah, you know, that well's been dry for a while. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Ones we enough of that yeah let's get into it like chris said this is episode 15 of just friends the podcast where we watch friends and in this one it starts out with reminding you that rachel is a terrible waitress yeah this time she accidentally puts pencil in monica's, monica's cider yeah cider. Her, hot, her hot cider hot cider right and she puts the cinnamon stick that should have gone in there behind her ear classic gaff classic um <laughs> I mean, it does come back and become no. relevant later. Yeah, so it's um, a good setup. Yeah, but it's it's always so painfully obvious that there's nothing in those cups ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, this they, time, like, come they, on. They kind of try and do the shots. So you can't yeah. see too far into the cup, but yeah, it's very clear that there's nothing. And the way that, you know, they, like, move. I mean, lots of shows. Like, you can tell when people are carrying, like, coffee cups on TV shows that there's never anything in them. Why? That's so dumb. Like, I just think it's put just things not, in it, them. It's just not worth the risk, maybe. The risk? Of Risk just like of having what? like something spilled on the, yeah. the clothes or something. It's just not, it's just one more logistical thing that they have to worry about. Yeah. You know, they're focusing on. Uh... Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is Jennifer Aniston actually is a terrible waitress. They can't even be trusted to carry well, these things. I guess I'm just saying that her experience on this show would not make her better at waitressing <laughs> in real life. So there's also a little bit of a Phoebe weirdo watch in the open because... Phoebe runs in and she says, starts to talk about how Chandler has some big news. So she wants to pretend, but then Chandler walks in. So her whole plan falls apart. She's like, okay, never mind. But it would have been really funny. I wonder what her plan was. Uh, I guess she was just going to like preface his announcement or something. Yeah. I feel like they were going to pretend like it was terrible news, whatever it was that he no. was about to say. That was after they showed Chandler in the, in his office. That's true. Um, his super tiny cubicle, which yeah. is just barely big enough for him to scoot his chair out to get out of his desk <laughs> i also think i mean in new york we don't really have cubicles i don't even think that people did in the 90s so anyway he's in there pounding away he's got a rubber chicken as one of the decorations in his office and he's talking about how he uh isn't responsible for the prank memos that are being sent out when his boss comes over and it turns out that someone wants to make him a processing supervisor his boss yeah. <laughs> Which is, I guess, you know, the holy grail of data processing jobs. Yeah. I just love how every time he talks about his job, it's only, he's like, so I'm entering my numbers. It's all, <laughs> that's all he's just entering numbers. There's no other description or elaboration on what he does. It's just entering numbers. Yeah, there's not really anything else you need to know. I mean, no, I know. I think it's, I yeah. think it's funny. I mean, yeah. that he's just, it's just such a bland sounding soulless corporate job. Yeah. They do a good job. Mm-hmm. And he says, 
something interesting. He does not want to become the guy who's up at midnight worrying about whatever's on the weenus. Yeah, thinking about the weenus or yeah. caring about the weenus. Yeah. Which I've heard the term weenus before, but only in reference to the skin that's on your elbow. Yeah, like the extra... Yeah. That, like, callous, un- unfeeling little nub of skin. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's what I've always known it to be. I don't know if it has another meaning in other parts of the country or different decades you, in America. Do you think other people call this the weenus, or was that something that people we knew made up? I don't know. No. I'll we'll, like... uh, have to check um, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. See what it says. <laughs> Merriam-Webster defines weenus as a slang word for the excess or loose skin at the joint of one's elbow. But yeah, that's what I... They didn't... When he said it, they're all like, weenus. Like they, but it wasn't clear that it was some sort of like a dick joke or something. I, I don't know. Oh, you, know, I you think like, it what? was a dick joke? No, I don't think it was. No, it wasn't a dick joke. I don't know if it was just supposed to be like a weird word mm-hmm. or or what. I think just a weird weird word. He says what it stands for. I don't remember. We enter numbers instant. It's like, yeah, we numerical something. Yeah, nah. who, who knows? I don't know. I think that, honestly, Chandler's job might be the C plot. thought uh, it would be more of a prevalent plot, but there's not much to it. And it doesn't have any of the other characters involved. Um, what would you think? So the A would be Monica's cooking or that would be B? I think A would be Monica's cooking. I mean, that does have, it does John, have the John Lovitz the guest cameo. Star. Yeah. yeah. And what's the, the um, Ross's? Ross's date night? Because it has and Ross and a Joey like plot where they, you oh, know, they have yeah. multiple plots. It comes back a few times. Yeah. I mean, you can quibble about which one is which, but yeah. yeah. So I'm uh, going to go with A is Monica's chef job. B is Ross date night, but let's go ahead and get the C plot out of the way since we're already talking about it. So he goes and he sees a career counselor. I did not know that those are things for adults. Like, what is a career? I mean, I feel like now they just call them life coaches. Yeah, but he goes, he takes like aptitude tests. It sounds like what you people allegedly did, at least based on TV and movies in high school and I never did anything like that. I think we did do something like you that. You did an aptitude test? Yeah. I remember taking one either as part or near the ACT. I don't think I ever took an aptitude where it's where the result is what career you're predisposed to. Yeah. yeah I don't think I ever did that. Just call up our high schools and see if they still have our results. <laughs> if, if they did do it, I don't recall that at all. <laughs> Fun fact about calling high schools, you know how my eighth grade English teacher was a pedophile and he did all of our videos. He would film all of our events for public TV. So like the football games or in my case, the swim meets. So this pedophile would always be our swim meets. Kind of weird. The gymnastics events too. But recently I asked, I called the middle school and asked if they still had any of his name was Foxy. Like everyone called him Foxy. Yeah, I know. Wrong with All that. of this sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I called and asked if they still had any of Foxy's tapes. So I just wanted to see one specific one. I can't remember. And they were like, no, we don't have any of those tapes and hung up on me. <laughs> I was like, all right, calm down. I'm not looking to see if he was like moaning in the background. Yeah. What are you thinking if he was a, if the swim meet shots were tastefully cropped? Yeah. I just wanted to or... see... Have me winning. That's all I wanted. <laughs> he chopped off everybody's heads. It was just... It was just neck, all crotch close-ups. Yeah, it was neck-down material. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, by eighth grade, I had already developed, yeah, so I'm yeah. sure that I was out of his... Uh... Who's to say they're underage if you can't see their head? <laughs> Ew. 
<laughs> Chandler takes a shit ton of tests, hours, and it turns out that he's best suited for a career in data processing. He starts rambling about how he has dreams, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? That's that's pretty much it at this point. So Chandler, it turns out that his boss has been calling him all day. He quits as soon as he gets the data processing offer. He's like, no, I'm going to go follow my dreams. And that's sort of what gets him to take the aptitude tests. And then his boss calls and his boss keeps offering him more and more and more. You can tell by the way the conversation's going. And Joey and Ross are like, don't do it, man. Like, don't forget about your dreams. But mm-hmm. he hasn't even said a dream yet. He's just said, I feel like I should be doing something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he never really offered up even a single alternative. <laughs> yeah. So eventually he is like, no, 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 no. Stop saying, no, stop saying numbers. I'm telling you, you've got the wrong guy. You've got the wrong guy. I'll see you Monday. Hangs up the phone. And he's back at work with the big office, I guess, on the 15th floor. Yeah, he's got a view. Mm -hmm. He's got a secretary. Yeah, some middle-aged secretary that he gets off on tormenting. Well, he's, you know, he likes, you know, flexing his corporate muscles, showing his friends that he's got Mm -hmm. a a secretary at his beck and call. (laughs) Yeah, and that's about it. Yeah, well, well, slowly, I mean, in the end, he... He finds that he's like been drawn into the job, and that he is yelling about the weenus, and he does care about it. And uh, and it's late. And then he re- he t- he stops and looks at himself, and he's like, "Oh my god! Like like what have I become?" <laughs> That's pretty much the whole plot. Yeah. On that one. Yeah. See how it's a C plot? Not much to it. Yeah. It was it was fine. Like I yeah. I thought it was a decent plot. I thought it was mildly entertaining. Um, it was fine. But I mean, I do think that. Once again, Joey was the MVP. And, oh, uh, totally. Yeah, he had a lot of great driver. I mean, John Lovitz was also hilarious. Yeah, he was. But among the core cast. Really. Chandler's quips this episode were not great. He made one joke when Monica was looking at a restaurant, and she's like, oh, it wasn't too big, it wasn't too small, it was, it was just, just right. right. And he's like, oh, was it formerly owned by... A blonde woman and three wolves or something? <laughs> three bears. Or three bears, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Yeah. That's just real, real low tier. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah. Um, And then he made a joke later when Monica gives him a little piece of food. He's like, well, I already ate something earlier. I ate a grape five hours ago, so I'm going to have to split this with you. Yeah. God. (laughs) Real, real low. Meanwhile, Joey's over there looking all good with his swoopy hair and a black turtleneck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Ross asks, asks him, uh, like, do you guys know a good date restaurant in the neighborhood? You know, <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, go to whatever. Anto- yeah, Antonio's or something. Yeah. It's like, if you can finish 32-ounce steak, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J- Ross actually had a couple of good quips this episode. He responded to that where he was like, okay. <clears throat> hey, does anyone know a good place if you're not dating a puma? It's yeah. pretty funny. Relatively funny. Friends mm-hmm. funny. So Monica's chef job, since we already made a couple of references to it. Yeah. Monica is getting Joey to try out some salmon mousse. Actually, let me we should back let up me rewind. What, yeah. Why she is doing this? Yes. So in the beginning, Phoebe is actually offering, uh, mentioning to Chandler that one of her massage clientele actually owns a restaurant and he's looking for a head chef to curate the whole menu and do everything. And Monica taps her on the back and she's like, um, hey, Phoebes, what about me? Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, I thought of you first, but Chandler actually needs a job right now. <laughs> so Chandler, of course, is like, I don't have any chef experience. And Monica 
gets the details, and decides to start putting the job together. So she's coming up with the menu, and so she is trying out some dishes, including the little amuse-bouche that uh, we mentioned earlier, plus the salmon mousse. The se- yeah. Which... <laughs> Joey had another great... It was another great Joey part. Yeah. I feel like you would love salmon mousse. I think I've had salmon mousse. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, um, so she's actually apparently tried a few salmon mousses. Yeah, he's just like, which one do you like more? He's like, oh, this one was creamier. He's like, is that better? He's like, I don't know. We're talking about whipped fish, Monica. <laughs> I'm just happy I'm keeping it down, you know? Yeah, it was pretty good. At this point, Monica actually gets a phone call from somebody, Wendy, and who's a waitress at the restaurant where Monica works currently. She is saying, yeah, they agreed on $10 an hour or whatever. She was going to help at the meal at her yeah. house. Monica reveals that she's bringing Wendy in to actually do the waitressing for the big night. And Rachel is all offended. She's like, um, you need somebody to be a waitress? What about me, Monica? Which is ridiculous because Rachel, objectively, as a human being who can like look at yourself, she must know that she's a terrible waitress. Mm-hmm. And she's a waitress in a coffee shop. Yeah, not which is not a the restaurant. same as a, a restaurant. I mean, she's not even carrying co- cups that have things around in them. Yeah, like does she ever have to set set a table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just brings people cups. Yeah, and no one else is helping Monica out. Everyone's like, "Ooh, watch out!" You know, they could be like, "Hey." Rachel, it doesn't seem like you're ready for the big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know. Rachel does get a pretty qu- good quip in where she is saying that Monica, Monica says, says that Wendy is more professional. Mm-hmm, she's a professional waitress, mm-hmm. and Rachel says, "Oh, meanwhile, I've been maintaining my amateur status so that I can waitress in the Olympics," which I thought was pretty funny. So they leave where Rachel's not going to waitress. She's being a real see you next Tuesday about the whole thing. Like, come on. I just, I, it was really annoying me. As usual, Rachel, one of the worst characters. Yeah. So it turns out Wendy has to drop out for whatever reason. And then Monica turns to Rachel, now giving her friend the chance. And Rachel's like, um, no, thanks. I'm not going to do it. And Monica keeps increasing the price $10 an hour, $12 an hour, $15 an hour, whatever, $20 an hour. Yeah, eventually goes to 20 Yeah. She and it's a hundred percent increase. Yeah. And Rachel's like, okay, fine. Twenty dollars, by the way, in nineteen ninety-five dollars when this was filmed. What do you think it's worth now? Uh uh twenty dollars? I don't know. Uh thirty dollars. Not bad. Thirty-three sixteen. Mm. I was gonna go a little higher, but whatever. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> To be paying someone per hour who's a terrible fucking waitress. Yeah. Like, seriously. Everything, every time you see Rachel, it's all about how she's a terrible waitress. The next scene is Rachel's all done up, you know, ready to be a serious waitress. And John Lovitz and Phoebe enter and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, he was big in this This is his prime. This was SNL heyday stuff. Well, this is spinoff stuff. Post-SNL for him. Yeah, when he had, like, shows. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. He had some sort of some sort of catchphrases. Oh really? Oh, what was it? Um, I forget what it is. It was yeah. That's the ticket from an SNL sketch. This is possibly when the critic was on, and you and I both loved the critic. Maybe, but I don't think that's what. Um... No, but just to talk about it. Yeah. I'm sure the crowd loved him for other reasons. Possibly even SNL. Who knows? It's only five years later. Yeah. 
But I would stay up late watching The Critic on this tiny TV in my living room. I really loved The Critic. Yeah, it was a great show. Yeah. It, it introduced me to soon. so many new comedic concepts that I never would have thought of otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense as I got older because there's so many references to like old movies and stuff that yeah. I did not understand as a child. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It had some like Orson Welles doing a, a commercial for peas. And I'm like, I I like sort of knew who Orson Welles was. Yeah. I'm like, it was still funny just because it was like a ridiculous commercial. But then I learned later that Orson Welles in the towards the end of his life, like really just started selling out and was hawking like whatever he could put his name to. Uh, and it, uh, it was a lot more, it was a lot funnier. Yeah. We should uh, watch the critic again. Yeah. I'm sure it's available. <laughs> so turns out that John Lovitz, he's the chef of course, or the owner of the restaurant. Yeah. That, and that Monica has to impress. Yeah. And he's being a uh, pretty dismissive of them at first. Hello, Monica. Hello, greet her girl. And he says to Monica, oh, nice apartment. She's like, oh, would you like a tour? He's like, I was just being polite, but all right, if we're going to do this. Yeah. Phoebe, now when Monica is giving the tour of the apartment, tells Rachel that John Lovitz lit up a joint. Doobie. A, do- a doobie? Yeah. Yeah. A Ash. Bone, a spliff. Yeah. <laughs> she st- just starts, you know, rambling off because Rachel's staring there blank- standing there blank-faced. And he is high now. They immediately cut over to him in the corner of the apartment where he's suffering from some cotton mouth. He's got his... Uh... Yeah, is it dry in here? Yeah. <laughs> and Rachel pours him some wine. She's like, oh, sorry, would you like some wine? <laughs> Later, that wine glass is empty. Just some uh, continuity for you. I know how how much you get off on that stuff. I didn't even notice. Mm, look at that. You're getting slow in your old age. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but then... Uh... Monica brings out the the amuse-bouche, which mm-hmm. is like tiny little raviolis or something. And he immediately scarfs down the whole, entire plate and like the little <laughs> garnish in the center that probably wasn't supposed to be eaten. Um, and he's like, oh man, I could eat a hundred of those. She's like, well, that's it for now. <laughs> be a couple of minutes to the next course. So then he's all hungry. So he walks over to the kitchen and just starts going through stuff. And this is pretty funny the way that they set it up because Rachel is trying to indicate to Monica across the room that John Lovett's, I can't remember what his character's name is. Pete, I think. Pete? Oh, yeah. okay. I think it was just Pete. Just Pete. All right. His name was actually Steve. Pete is high. And she's like, you know, motioning, smoking. And Monica's like, you know, giving the thumbs up. Like, everything's well, going well. Rachel does, you know, the yeah. little, little oh, right. marijuana pinch. And Monica thinks that she's doing like the, the okay, okay the okay symbol. Right. Um, that makes sense. And she's like, no. Yeah. She and, she's, like and then it. Monica's like, oh, no, no way. And then John Lovitz goes, oh, cool, taco shells. These are like, like, like little corn chip envelopes or something. <laughs> and he proceeds to just go through every single junk food that monica happens to have in their ca- cabinet yeah. like uh, mac and cheese sugar o's sugar o's <laughs> a great generic uh cereal name this leads to an incredible scene where he shovels some gummy bears into his inner jacket and then he's trying to sneakily like take them out monica gets all upset at him and she's like all right put away the gummy bears and he's like no he's like okay we can share them and she's like i don't want to and then the gummy bears end up flying all over the place they get into the sugar o's well, no, they, they fall into like the, the soup or whatever that mm-hmm. was in the middle or some sort of dipping yeah. something. Some vat of food item that she was going to serve. The gummy bears fall in. Bears overboard! They're, they're drowning! <laughs> hey, fellas, grab on those sugar rolls. Save yourself! <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I mean, I already love John Lovitz. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, I feel like I was going to laugh no matter what. Yeah, but it, it was good. It, it was, was actually uh, really funny. You know, those The guest spots don't always work. Sometimes, you know, they just, they're just there like, it's me. And then, yeah. you know. It's me, I'm John Lovitz. Yeah, you love me. End of, end of appearance. Yeah, but this was top notch. Yeah, it was good. It was very... It was very funny. Did you know that John Lovitz doesn't do any drugs or drink? Uh, did like he's always been that way? Yeah, he's or... always been that way. Oh, I did not know that. Maybe that's why when uh, they told him he had to act high, he was such a complete lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how high people appear to him. It's like all they do is talk about food. Their mouths are always dry. <laughs> yeah, they're just off the wall, batshit crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because like it was, it was funny, but it wasn't. Uh, it was definitely a very specific kind of high. Yeah, but that was, I mean, probably the best scene in Friends thus far. All right, Ross date night. So as you know, he's asking for places to go. He's got a another date lined up. I guess now that he broke the seal on Valentine's Day, he's ready to get it going again. Yeah, after whatever a super long absence, he's now ready to date nonstop. <laughs> yeah. He says that they plan on going out to dinner, and then he's going to introduce her to his monkey later. And this is the first time that Marcel has been mentioned. Didn't they, didn't they take him away? Didn't he leave? Because I was just thinking, like, it, for some reason, not when we were recording the podcast or watching Friends. Like, Marcel came across my mind. I'm like, is he still in the show? I thought that there was, like, some heart, some tearful goodbye where, like, he had went back to, like, some sort of monkey sanctuary or something. I don't think so. I think no? this may be a dream that you had. I mean, they just mentioned Marcel in that one episode where he has Marcel. Yeah. And then at the end... Which I think is New Year's. Was it, wasn't there two episodes with Marcel? I don't know. I only remember one. I thought that there was a point where like, he had to say goodbye to Marcel. Maybe he was about to and something happened. I have to imagine him? that they haven't. Oh. I mean, you have been known for your lame dreams. Yeah. I mean... If Marcel has been around, then, I mean, it's just more, like, it's just insane. Ross would be constantly having to deal with the monkey at his uh, house. No. Like, there's no way he would be able to do anything. Yeah. Hang around everyone, be in the coffee shop yeah, all the time. If he wants to date more, he has to get rid of that monkey. Yeah. <laughs> so they cut to Ross's apartment where Marcel is all tangled up in his date's hair. Mm-hmm. And he's telling her to calm down, you know, you know, pleasant noises. Yeah. He's holding a banana in his hand. Yeah trying to lure marcel away and his uh his, his date, date is, is jan from the office jan levinson gould from the office a young whatever. jan her uh i don't know her real name her name is melora harden but yeah she's de- definitely definitely very very young. early in her career yeah so she's still playing a very bossy top type and she is insisting that Ross do some dirty talk with her and Ross well actually she just says talk to me and Ross starts you know just going on about his day just chatting and she says no talk dirty to me and for some reason they're playing girl you'll be a woman soon in the background so I wrote that too uh (laughs) I was yeah it was a kind of a weird song for the moment right is that their like Ross's like mood making song yeah is that Neil Diamond who does that I don't know, actually. It sounds like It does sound like Neil Diamond. sounds like him. Yeah. But what is that song about? It sounds like somebody singing to their daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
or some some creep waiting for someone to be to come of age. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's the Plattsburgh theme song. Yeah. That's uh, it's my hometown's theme song. Co co-written by Foxy. <laughs> so Ross is struggling. Apparently, he's never talked dirty before, She's and being he... very insistent, not letting him weasel out of it. Mm-hmm. Typical Jan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just typecast, and he blurts out vulva. Now, were you thinking at all about Seinfeld? Yeah, I wrote vulva Seinfeld. I wasn't sure what uh, what came. Well, I guess they never they never said vulva in Seinfeld. That's true. It's alluded he's, he's, to. He, he's trying to remember her name. And he says Mulva in a reference to Vulva because her name rhymed with a female anatomy part. Yeah. And he says Mulva. (laughs) Her name ended up being Dolores. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny even just talking about it. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I did think of Seinfeld immediately. We'll have to check the... Seinfeld came first. It did? You already looked it up? Yes. This is the robot's job. No. Seinfeld came first, and I wanted to look it up. I felt pretty good that Seinfeld came first, because I have pretty good knowledge of Seinfeld's season, so based on when Seinfeld started and when we're currently in Friends, I had a feeling that Seinfeld was before this. I was right. Mm -hmm. And Seinfeld was in 93. This episode was in 95. This, plus the other thing that was similar to Seinfeld, is making me think that NBC executives are maybe goading the Friends writers... Like, did you guys see that episode of Seinfeld? Why can't you guys do that? Like, yeah, like, I mean, try to put some uh, female anatomy in there. We never actually said vulva in Seinfeld, so go ahead and say vulva. Yeah. I mean, the way they make studio exec, you know, TV channel network exec sound, I feel like that's something they would say. Yeah, if, if that absolutely. that is true at all. Yeah, because they're always just messing around with your show, it seems. Yeah, it's like <laughs> coming up with stupid ideas. It's like, well, that one of the highest rating episodes of Seinfeld was this one where they alluded to to the vulva. Yeah. You know, why not just, you know, put it out there, say it. <laughs> I can definitely see that happening. I'm going to be on the lookout for more of these Seinfeld yeah, they're just sort similarities. Of like just very similar to certain mm-hmm. plot points. So Ross now, he's nervous. He wants to do the dirty talk. He doesn't really know how to get started with it. So Joey's trying to coach him Mm -hmm. later on. And they're practicing. Ross doesn't really want to do it at first. Joey is very insistent. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just bossing Ross around. Meanwhile, Joey is tearing a roll in half instead of to make a sandwich. He's just like pulling it apart. He's not cutting it. He just like (laughs) takes a roll and just starts pawing at it and ripping it in half. And butters it up or something. Yeah, I mean, that kind of uh, makes sense. That holds true. It doesn't feel like Joey and Chandler yeah. would have a, a... Yeah, like a bread knife. A bread knife, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was... It's another Joey bread comment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you are obsessed with Joey and his bread. Yep. Just love the way he handles it. <laughs> he asked Ross to talk dirty to him, to mm-hmm. Joey, and to practice. Yeah. After... And hilarity ensues. <laughs> After Ross uh, insists that Joey turns around so he doesn't have to look at him, Ross starts getting into it. He starts mm-hmm. saying, you know, some things that he wants to do to Joey. And he starts talking about some tongue work that he would want to do. Obviously not to Joey, but to whoever yeah. Jan is in this. Yeah. First, he's talking about putting his lips on his, on his soft skin or mm-hmm. something. And then uh, after that, Chandler walks in as soon as he starts talking about licking joey all over he's talking to joey obviously but you know he's just saying i want to lick you all over whatever and chandler sits on a desk behind him 
and just listens as Ross slowly works out what he wants to do. And then, of course, Chandler bumps a chair, so it makes a noise. And Ross had just said, and, and Chandler goes, and what? <laughs> Did they ever explain what they were doing? To no, Chandler? It is kind of like. I don't uh, think so because. Brushed I it think... off. They just sort of like moved on. Yeah. Well, they're Chandler like, oh, it's a funny like... story. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. Chandler, well, he was just like, all right, whatever. Let, let's yeah. uh, move on. He, I think he says, I always wanted to see you two kids together. Yeah. And then they start to go into. This is when Chandler's boss actually calls. Yeah, but they weren't explaining, like, oh, like I was, you know, practicing yeah. dirty talk. They were just... It's a good move. I mean, you don't really need that exposition in the TV show. The viewer no, already know. knows. I think it's just funny. Keep the episode moving. That. In real life, that would be incredibly bizarre if you're just like, all right, whatever, let's just move on from that moment. Yeah, I don't think it would be that weird. You wouldn't wonder if we walked in on on two of our presumably straight male friends doing that, you wouldn't be like, you'd just be like, all right, whatever, let's uh, play some board games. If I wanted to talk about me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else from the Ross date night. Does he actually show? Oh, right, he does talk about it in the end. So he says that, He's giving Joey the whole rundown of how the dirty talk went. And Ross is like, you know, it, I was amazing. I created a whole scenario. Yeah, he villagers. Had, he had plots. And, yeah. You know, themes and a motif or something. Yeah. It's like there were villagers at one point. And then reveals that instead of actually doing anything with all of this dirty talk, they it were so, so exhausted. Yeah, they were so exhausted. That they just ended up cuddling, which was nice. <laughs> well, Joey was, you know, he was trying to avoid the cuddling outcome. Yeah. So Joey was disappointed. Yeah, I mean, Ross seemed slightly disappointed as well that he, you know, he was trying to not end up um, snuggling. Yeah, well, you know, all that hard work. You know, whatever. Ross doesn't deserve it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't respect women. <laughs> the only other thing that I have as a note is at the end, John Lovitz, actually at the end of the Monica plotline, she flips out on John Lovitz. Because he's all over the place. He won't sit down and um, actually enjoy her meal that she has worked so hard on. She says something like, I've waited seven years for this experience and you can't wait four and a half minutes for a tartlet. Which before John Lovitz had been saying this word over and over again. Mm -hmm. At that moment, the bell dings and it seems like the tartlet is ready. And John Lovitz is like, ooh. So it seems like it's still positive. Like, you know, it could turn around. But I guess that it doesn't because they're back in the coffee shop and Monica is like all cuddled up into Ross. Everyone's like, oh, it's okay. You'll get another opportunity. That guy's yeah. a jerk anyway. You wouldn't want to work for him. Yeah. Well, Joey's so, like, what a tool. Yeah. But I mean, based on the last John Lovett's interaction, I would say that he would have forgotten about the flip well, out. I think the implication was that it was because continue to go off the rails. Because yeah. when, when it dings and he's like, ooh, Monica turns around and like, yeah. Pulls at her hair. She's like, what is happening? So it just didn't seem like she was like, all right, you know, whatever. Let's roll with it. <laughs> it seems like it was going further astray. Yeah. Well, based on what I know, again, based on TV, about what it's like to be a chef or work in a, work in a kitchen, it seems like you should be able to deal with some craziness. I mean, he was a little, he was, you know, <laughs> pulling other food out, trying to eat cereal. He wanted her to make... Uh, like a box of Kraft mac and cheese or something. Yeah, but you can't you can't be like so controlling that you're having a breakdown over somebody being a little wild. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could let him nosh on some sugar rose yeah. while, you know, they're not going to fill him up too much. Yeah, he look, he's huge. <laughs> he's, yeah, I mean, he's a little husky. Yeah, especially for somebody who doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, you know. That gotta... means it's all food fat. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, when so, they're uh, in the coffee shop and they're all commiserating with her, uh, Ross walks away. That's when he tells Joey about the whole, uh, you know, that he got too into the dirty talk mm-hmm. and whatever. But when he goes up, he's going to get a refill of coffee. He goes like behind the counter and just like pulls a pot off of the heater and just starts like, because it's, it's where we've seen Rachel before yeah. while she's working, like doing stuff. He's just like behind the counter refilling his coffee cup. I don't know if that's just the way that Central Perk is set up. And I never noticed before that you're allowed to, it just seemed like he was behind the counter. Yeah. Like where you would be if you were serving people. <laughs> Definitely. It's probably just because Rachel's such a terrible waitress. Yeah, Ross is such a, a cheapskate. He's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't need to pay for this. Even though he has some university job. Yeah. He's not but, getting fired. Uh, before he walks away, I have a note here that Monica and Ross are way too cozy for brother and sister. Yeah, I was thinking at that moment, it was a little... She was, you know, she, her head was like mid-stomach. Like, it was way too close to almost having her head in his lap. Yeah. <laughs> and weird. then he, like, takes her hand at one point and is, like, tapping... Her, like, oh, it's going to be okay, but it's on her thigh. It's all just too much for brother and sister. It was a little weird. Especially for somebody who grew up with a wasp mother. There's no way all of that cuddling was happening. True. Maybe that's why it's happening now. Ugh. She had to find it somewhere in the house. Ew. <laughs> that is disgusting. Yeah, I know. This is, you know what this is? This is the result of too much of that new porn that's all about stepbrother and stepsister stuff. That's well, where What's you're... the result? You. jokes? Yes. What? Yeah. No, <laughs> I would make this joke no matter what. Now that's just bringing, you know, whatever, this sort of activity to light. That's what America really wants. <laughs> Apparently. The very end joke is Phoebe is giving Pete. Steve. John Lovitz. A massage. If you yeah, remember this all-star. He was a massage client. Yep. Yeah. And she's just trying to hurt him. Yeah. She's just pounding her elbows into him <laughs> basically in the end. And he's, I guess yeah. as revenge. Yeah. Which it's like, okay, now Monica's lost a job and Phoebe may be sued for malpractice. Yeah, you know, it looks like it would cause some bruising. <laughs> yeah, and then that's it. Overall, how'd you feel about the episode? I thought it was pretty good. It had, mo- I think there were like three or four times where I actually laughed out loud. I heard you chuckle. Um, so I thought it was pretty, pretty strong. John Lovitz was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple, you know, really great moments. So I thought it was definitely in the the top tier of the ones we've seen thus far of the season yeah i agree this is definitely if not my favorite episode one of my favorites from yeah, this season I, it may i may have laughed the most at it so it might be i'd have to look yeah i have back to look back and see which ones see re- read my illegible notes maybe <laughs> time for french trivia i believe it is it's time for french trivia I don't think you'll be surprised to hear that this isn't just Friends trivia, but it's John Lovitz trivia. Okay. Yeah. I hope it's not about that catchphrase I couldn't remember. No, because I actually don't know what you're talking about still. No, so whatever. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you three questions. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a two out of three scenario? <laughs> yes. Okay. Long-time listeners will remember that <laughs> Becca apparently doesn't know how to describe giving someone three questions and requiring them to get two of them in order to win. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three questions. If you get two right, you win. Um, if you get the third right, you double win, I guess. Well, yeah, that, that's just, you know, my victory lap. Yeah. 
And let's remember that right now your record is back to zero because you lost the last one. Even yeah, though that's you got how it records two work, but my streak is back to zero. <laughs> Whatever. My record Records is cumulative. Streak. Okay, not in my book. Records get wiped. <laughs> All wins are forgotten. Yes. <laughs> and losses. Yeah. Okay, I'm reborn. <laughs> Which actor does John Lovitz have an ongoing feud with? I just have to. There's no multiple choice. Ugh, all right, fine. I'll give you the choices. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like currently or back in the nineties. Currently. Okay. Chris O'Donnell, Steve Martin, Andy Dick, or Joan Cusack. Andy Dick. Everyone seems to hate him. That's correct. John Lovitz has a special hate for him, though, because he and Phil Hartman were really close, co-stars mm. on SNL at the same time period, 1985 to 1990. Mm. And John Lovitz actually blames Andy Dick for... Yeah, I mean, well, lots of people do. It's not yeah. just John Lovitz. But he especially does. Recently, like within the last probably five to ten years, he got into a bar fight with, with Andy Dick where he slammed his head into a bar. And when John Lovitz replaced Andy Dick on news radio, which I didn't know about until I was reading for these fun facts, because we tried to watch news radio and it was not as funny as everyone says. No. But we only watched like the first season, which had Andy Dick in it. And it was like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Even with, <laughs> what's his name? Phil Hartman. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, he's yeah. not some sort of cheat code. I thought he was. Well, anyway, so I guess that John Lovett said that the only reason that I'm replacing you is because you killed Phil Hartman. For anyone who doesn't know about the whole Andy Dick, Phil Hartman thing, real quick primer, uh, Andy Dick, Phil Hartman's wife killed Phil Hartman and also herself. In like a coked up. Coked up. You know. Rage. Yeah, whatever. Uh, shot them, I believe. Mm -hmm. And... And herself, right? And herself. Yeah. yeah. She shot, shot them both. Mm -hmm. She had been clean. She and Phil Hartman were both pretty big cokeheads, I guess. And she had been clean for some time, maybe like six months or something. But then Andy Dick offered her coke and she did it, went on this rampage and killed Phil Hartman mm -hmm. and herself. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You can read about it some more. It has, you know, some decent, sad Hollywood drama. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on. Yeah, lots of people blame Andy Dick. Lots of Andy people. Dick does not own up to it. No. I think he says that he gave her the coke, but it's not his fault. Yeah, I mean... Which is, you know, I guess that can be argued, but... Well, sure, I mean, you know... He's she, just a she, drug addict himself. She was an adult. Yeah. All right. Pretty dark uh, French trivia. Yeah, I have a question, too. <laughs> Before SNL, where did John Lovitz get his start? Was it the Groundlings? Was it the New York stand-up circuit? Was it the Upright Citizens Brigade? Or was it Second City? I feel like I've heard this, but those all sound plausible. I don't think it was New York stand-up. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, Groundlings, or Second City? the other ones oh man where's he from i don't know second city hmm womp womp what is it it's the groundlings <gasps> he's from california fuck that's uh, that was that was my gut as soon as you said groundlings i'm like god oh, it sounds kind of right 
I overthought that one. Yeah, All that's right. where he met Phil Hartman. All right, pressure's on. Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense. I overthought it, and then, in a way, underthought it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Go on, number three. <laughs> Which of these actors was on SNL with John Lovitz, as you know, 1985 to 1990? There's actually two in this list. So there's a list of six. You have to get both of them to get oh, it right. God. Yeah, that's right. Robert Downey Jr., Paul Rubens, Lisa Kudrow, Mark McKinney, Randy Quaid, Gina Davis. These were cast members? or Two just... of them were cast members at the same time. All right, you're going to have to go through them again. Okay. Robert Downey Jr., you know who he is, right? Yeah. Paul Rubens. Let me know if you don't know any of these people. Lisa Kudrow. Mark McKinney. Randy Quaid. Or Gina Davis. Um, I'm going to say Lisa Kudrow. And... Um, who was after Mark McKinney? Randy Quaid and Gina Davis. Who's Randy Quaid? Is he the one who went crazy? Yeah. The one who's in a Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. Lisa Kudrow and... Uh... Oh, man. I mean, Mark McKinney was Kids in the Hall. Did he do SNL? Uh, I'm going to say... pretty sure Lisa Kudrow, because she did it for like one season. Paul Rubin. No. Is it Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid is one of them. Ah, it's not Lisa Kudrow? The other one is Robert Downey Jr. Robert, he really? Yeah. I didn't know. They were both on the 1985 to 1986 season when John Lovett started. Yeah. I thought I thought Lisa Kudrow had some brief Lisa... stint or was like a writer. No. So everyone else I got from a list of famous people who tried out for SNL but were rejected. Oh, so, maybe that's why. Yeah. I have, uh, I Mark have... McKinney does go on SNL in 1995, so I would have given you a half point for that. Oh, well, but I mean, I know him from Kids in the Hall. Yeah. So I guess all of the Kids in the Hall guys tried out in 1985, and they were all rejected. Yeah. Well, I mean, it worked out for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, can you believe Robert, Robert Downey Jr. was on it? I, do, I can't think of any sketch that he was in. He's never, like, he's not super funny ever. So I'm one for three. Yep. Another loss. Yeah. Whatever. I'll be reborn next week. <laughs> like a phoenix rising from the ashes of this defeat. Oh. Well, thanks for listening. Catch us next week, every Thursday at noon. Or, yeah. I'm sorry. We're pretty tired. It's really late. <laughs> we spent, like, all day cleaning our apartment, purging stuff. And now... Yeah. I forced us to do this episode as well. Yeah. So tune in every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, not just next Thursday. And at I mean, I guess 12 you can noon, also listen to it on Friday. You can listen It'll to it anytime. It'll still be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's how podcasts work. Uh, and follow us on just.friends.podcast on I, Instagram, mm -hmm. where I will be posting some copyright infringement content. Yep. Please don't report us. <laughs> <laughs> Friends!